From the brains behind Teal the Show, this is Teal the Podcast, your source for Jaguars news and analysis with NFL insider Mark Brunel and your host, Cole Pepper. We welcome you in to Teal the Podcast, the oh boy edition. Oh, no. Say it isn't so. Four and six? What happened? No. How does that happen? <laughs> done? I'm done. Go okay. ahead. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Sorry. By How the, does that happen? <laughs> you're echoing the sentiments of a lot of people, by the way. You're not alone in this. Good. Good. Uh, I want to be as forward-looking as we possibly can in this edition of the podcast. I want to rehash the game all that much because there are some moments in a season that deserve to be recognized when they happen, but... If it changes the course of the stream, it's no longer important so much what happened in the past. It's now what comes next. And while I admit that there are six more games to be played and they need to play them out, yes, I think I know how things are going to go here. Uh, so if you allow me to look into the crystal ball, okay. I'm going to make a prediction as to what's going to happen. Okay. And if you're a Jaguars fan, you're not going to like this. In the short term, I don't know about the long term. Okay. I think this team's going to finish 6-10. and 10. I think they're going to find a couple more wins this year. I think that at the end of the year, Shad Khan's going to decide that's not good enough. I think Tom Coughlin will retire. Dave Caldwell will be let go. Doug Marone will be let go. We'll have all new decision makers coming in next year. Wow. And we'll have a quarterback competition in the offseason and into training camp wow. between Nick Foles and Gardner Mitchell. Wow. Bold prediction. I'm just, it's a hot take. You went, you went beyond the record 6-10. and 10. You kept going into the leadership. Yes. Well, I'll tell you this, and I, I agree with the, with the record. The team that we saw against the... Colts. Does that look like a team that can get into the playoffs? Not at all. Not even close. And going forward, there are some real concerns. Um, How does this team respond? Um, There's nothing in me that says we're going to be just fine. There's nothing in me that says we can stop the run, that Nick Foles is going to get this thing going. I think he'll play better going forward and there will be some good moments. And there will be a, a some wins, but six and ten, seven and nine sounds about right, and that's just not good enough. And if it that is where the team ends up, to your point, Cole, I agree with you. There will be some changes. Doesn't there have to be some changes? Well, and when you talk about how the season ends, a lot of this matters. Again, I've used the the uh, ski jumping analogy before, where it's one thing about the how you look in the air and the distance, and then how do you stick the landing? Right. So here at the end of the year. You said you mentioned seven and nine, and I want to bring up something that would be very interesting because six games remaining, seven and nine means that they would finish three and three. Um, that's not great. It's not a it's not a great finish. No, right? it's not a terrible finish. Four and two, five and one, six and zero. Oh, I just don't see that happening. I don't either. And if they can do something better than three and three, I think. People are going to keep jobs, by and large, there. Think about how far we've come in just three days. Going into the Colts game, you're getting your quarterback back. You're coming off a bye. You're rested. You're healthy, facing a divisional opponent. Everything's lining up. 
all indications were leading into the game against the Colts that they were going to get some momentum and get on a roll, beat the Colts at their place. I felt so good about this game. Yeah, you were calling for a blowout. I was calling for a for a blowout, which doesn't happen very often. But you know what? I got it right. It was a blowout. You nailed it. I nailed it. I nailed it. Just the wrong team won. But I just don't know how after a bye, not that you're going to win every game after the bye, but you can't play like that. That the Jaguars didn't show up. There wasn't one good thing about that game. You you know, you lose a game, you get beat. Okay, maybe it's the defense. Maybe the quarterback struggles. Too many turnovers. Josh Lambeau missed a chip shot. You know, it's, you know it's a bad day. Let me And let me bring up one other interesting stat in this conversation. Every team who played a game in London this year then came back and had a bye week whether they won or lost right. in London, then their next game, all eight of them lost. Oh, and eight. That's interesting. That? Don't mm-hmm. think that won't come up mm-hmm. going forward. And if you're a team that hasn't played in in London, I don't think the Patriots have been there, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, I'm not sure. Wh- whatever. Let's say there's some, wh- whoever it is. You're going to fight like hell to not go to London, right? Right. Right? Unless you're a team that wants to maybe have two games in London, in which case Whoa. the opposite may be uh, in order. One of the things I'm seeing now as well, by the way, a lot of it's on social media, and a lot of it is, um, and I'm I'm, I'm making some guesses, but some are not guesses here, a lot of fans who would fall in the, um, you know, the Generation Jaguar level, fans in between, you know, the late 20s to um, mid to late 30s age bracket, Mm -hmm. um, are not very happy with the owner right now. And they don't like the fact that he's talking about taking another game away uh, in London. Not they don't like the fact that there's that he's saying there doesn't seem to be an appetite for uh, all those home games in Jacksonville. When he continues to own a team that puts out this kind of product, where you've had one winning team, one winning season, and by the way, really what you had as far as that 2017 season, mm-hmm. you may recall the Jaguars were going win-loss, win-loss, win-loss the first half of the season. Right. You really had a second half of the season in the playoffs that caught this uh, entire city and community on fire. And then the first four games of the season last year. So you had about three quarters of a season where the product was, was, was out there, and those games were very well attended. Yes. The rest of the time that Shad Khan has been the owner of this team – the product has not been good. And I think fans, particularly who've really felt like they uh, reinvested in the team emotionally after 2017, are not happy to hear this side of things. So you've got, you've got issues right now as far as the fan base reacting to the, the, the product on the field, to the coaching of the product on the field, to the selection of the players to put the product on the field, and the guy who owns the whole darn thing. The question is, is how much does the owner listen to that? Some owners do. Some owners may not care. Mm -hmm. Is he influenced by fan reaction and where they're at right now? I don't know the answer to that. But if he is influenced, then to your first point, there will be some significant changes. No doubt. And I would say that in 95% of the decisions that are made about head coaches managers, whatever, in any sport, 95% of the time, the person who ultimately fires the coach is the fan. When the fan gives up on the coach, when the fan stops showing up, when the fan stops 
buying the merchandise, stops watching the game, stops listening to the game on the radio, whatever it might be, when the fan, and I'm using that as a personification of a large group, when the fan stops investing their time and emotion in it, that's when a coach gets fired. It happened with Tom Coughlin, by the way, as the head coach here in 2002. Right. Uh, it's happened with other whether no matter how good or bad a coach you are, it happens when when the fan base goes. I just can't do this anymore. I'm not going to subject myself to this. I'm not getting the payback for my financial and emotional investment. I know I'm not getting a financial return. I want an emotional return that makes it worth it for me to spend my time, my money, and my heart with the team. And the the lack of fans in the seats at TIA Bank Field is a reflection of that sentiment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it is. And now we have social media that also you have to take with a little bit of a, a, a grain of salt. But but that's another part of this as well is how, what the conversation is like. Well, the, the, the side of it, uh, the business side of it, too, if those numbers aren't right, then there has to be has to be changes. It's uh, it's 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 not good. It's just not good. No, and by the way, I'm not rooting for this to happen. Oh, of course not. Uh, I like Doug Marone. I, I I really enjoy the way he interacts with with us in the media. Uh, I think he's fairly transparent about things. And if he, you know, you have to kind of learn his language a little bit when he says, "Hey, you'll have to talk to to Dave Caldwell or to Shad Khan about this or that." It means, "Hey, I'm not going to say something that's going to throw them under the bus or that's going to start something." But I and I don't want to talk about it. That's fine. You're not. As a coach, you're not uh, compelled to talk to answer every single question in the way that a reporter or somebody else might want you to answer it. Um, and and I, I also appreciate Doug Marone's willingness to adapt as a coach, which I think is is important because you know his. You talk about the game, and again, I said we're going to be as forward facing as we possibly can, forward looking. What happened on Sunday in Indianapolis is as undug Marone a game. As as you can imagine. At his introductory press conference, Doug Barone said he would like to run the ball every single play if he could. <laughs> they ran the ball, Mark, nine times. And it's not just Doug Marone. That is that is Tom Coughlin. You know, that is, you know, smash mouth football, physicality, establishing the line of scrimmage, running the football. That's how you win in the NFL, unless you have a Drew Brees or an elite guy like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. You might be able to get away with nine rushing attempts. Might. But you've got to run the football. And for Doug Marone to have an offensive coordinator that only calls nine of them, and that's not just a reflection of, well, they got behind. They started throwing quite a bit too much at 10 to 7. Yeah. This game was not out of hand at halftime. No, 10 to 7 at halftime. Yeah. It is a ball game. I mean, it could go either way. And then, I don't know. I mean, Leonard Fournette is your bell cow. He has proven that. Not every game has been great. His numbers have been good. Six leading rusher in the NFL up to, you know, yesterday's game. But to completely have a, de- a, a departure from your philosophy on how you win football games was 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 shocking. It was shocking. Do you think that John Filippo's relationship with Nick Foles, his familiarity with Nick Foles, affected the way that he called that game? Doug Marone said in his Monday teleconference that he should have stepped in and been more notable, you know, and, and, but he, he got away from it. 
Um, obviously, DiFilippo has a certain level of trust sure. in Nick Foles based on what happened when DiFilippo was the quarterback's coach in Philadelphia and Foles came in to go over for Carson Wentz and they had success. Too much trust there oh, and and not being adaptive enough during a game? Well, you can trust a quarterback, but but understanding full well that there's a there's a formula to winning football games, I think would happen more than anything else. And yeah, DiFilippo trusts him, but you, know, you throw that many times, 40... 47 attempts or 49 attempts or something like that, almost 50. It's not winning football. Um, I think what might have happened after that first drive, Nick looks great. We're all thinking. He goes down the field, touchdown pass to DJ Chark. And I don't know if just uh, John Filippo kind of flipped a switch, said, you know what, we're going to go up and down the field with the passing game. I do trust Nick Foles. He's going to be smart with the football. Wasn't that smart with the football. Um it got away with a few throws, he by the way. got away with a few yeah. throws, some misreads, some underthrown passes, some overthrown passes. Maybe there's too much trust there. I, regardless of your relationship or where a quarterback's from, there is a way you play this game. And maybe it, in John Filippo's defense, they're running up and down the field. we got to score points. Quickest way to score points is through the air. Well, I, I disagree. The best way to do that is to stay on the field. Yeah, get first downs. Incomplete, stop the clock. Yep. You know, And if you're not dialed in in the passing game, your quarterback's been out of football for over two months. If you're not dialed in the passing game, you're not hitting a bunch of completions. Once you decide to throw that much, you got to back off and run the ball and, and get first downs. Keep the Colts' rushing game off the field. I mean, in so many ways... It was uh, it was just it was bad play calling and it was bad play. Everyone had a hand in messing that thing up. In some way, what you're saying is there was a real rust factor for Nick Foles, even though he came out hot and sharp early on. That there is a rust factor when he hasn't played a full NFL game since he was an Eagle, and now he's got to play. That's the first time he's played a full game since before he came to Jacksonville. And it's his full first full game, and they just throw the whole game on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Nick, we're going to – and listen, it, as the play call's coming in, Nick's not saying, oh, man, another pass. What are we doing here? He's going out there, and whatever play is called, he's going to go execute and do his best. Um, really really surprising. So, yeah, I, you know, the, the more we talk about it, perhaps he trusted um, Nick too much. But you've got you've to stay with who you are. And it was, it was, like I said, a complete departure from Jaguar offensive – Football with Doug Marone as your head coach, an ex-offensive lineman who wants to run the ball, and there's only nine. And and let's not forget, John DeFilippo was fired from the Minnesota Vikings by Mike Zimmer because why? He didn't run the football enough. Well, we hadn't seen that up to up to this game. Well, you know what? Now we've seen it, and so Doug Marone has to take issue with that. He has to be concerned. John, we're not doing that anymore. That's not who we are. Would Gardner Minshew have made a difference? Not at all. Not at all. I think if Gardner played, you would have saw some more scrambles. Uh, he would have had some plays like Gardner Minshew does. Um, I don't think, you know, the, with the way the Colts were running the football and staying on the field, uh, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think so. I mean, Nick did throw for, what, 200 and almost 300 yards, a couple touchdown passes. His numbers were good. He didn't play great. He would tell you that, but I don't think Gardner's would have – made a difference and going forward Gardner's not going to be in the equation would Jalen Ramsey have made a difference not at all not in the least bit no 
these no, are some they, things that, that Jacoby, some fans Jacoby tweeted Brissett at me. Yeah. Didn't really throw, you know, didn't throw a whole lot, didn't throw real well. And if he was throwing, he wouldn't have thrown towards Jalen's side. Um, you know, I now the secondary didn't tackle very well. Nobody tackled very well. I'm not saying Jalen's a bad tackler or anything like that, but that game isn't decided by Gardner or or um, Jalen playing. playing. That, it, we were going to get beat. Last one here on, yeah. on that front. Would Telvin Smith have made a difference? <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> no, no. It was a bad day all around. Uh, I, you put all three of those players in there, it's it's not going to make a difference. Score might have been different in some way, but that was a team that didn't show up facing a team that knew how important this was in the hunt, trying to get that, you know, trying to win the division, um, two ends of the spectrum on who played that game Sunday. So now going forward, what what is going to be important for this Jaguars team in the locker room preparing for a game on the road in Nashville where they've not had much success against a physical team uh, who wants to run the football, which is exactly what the Jaguars probably don't want to see right now? I probably say this too much, and people that listen to, to this podcast constantly hear me say it a lot. It really is all about this game. We went from the Colts game this past weekend to be in a must win. Well, guess what? They're all must wins now. So we, I think we learned a lot about our team against the Colts this recent game. I think we're also going to learn anything good. Well, I know we? it was nothing good and yeah. we learned a lot, but I think we're also going to learn a lot about the next, the next game against, against the Titans. Uh, it's a must win. How do we respond to that? You know, us getting our butts kicked. We're going to find out about how close this team is because they're either going to get real close and fight and kick and scratch and go win this game, or it's going to look like the Colts. And if that happens, this season is absolutely over. You just hate it that before Thanksgiving, your season could be over again. And again, as I've said, I have a no draft talk until after Thanksgiving rule. I'm sticking with that. We're not talking about the draft. We're not talking about free agency until after you get the turkeys out and start to Slopping it on the the, the, the the bread with a leftover turkey, if indeed it. you do have leftover turkey at it. your house. Yes. All right. That'll do it for this installment of Teal the Podcast. Please uh, feel free to subscribe if you haven't already. You can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. And as always, you can find Teal the Podcast under the Sports tab on News4Jacks.com. For Mark Brunel, I'm Cole Pepper. Thanks so much for listening to Teal the Podcast. We'll talk to you next time.